Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another V Brown Bag. Tonight, we're going to pick up where we left off a couple weeks ago with VMware Cloud Foundation, dive a, dip, a bit more into the architecture of the product, and then we're going to hear a bit about what's new with VCF 4.0. Before we get rolling, though, a couple of housekeeping notes. Um, this is an interactive podcast. We want you to get in on the discussion. So if you're watching live, please use the Zoom Q&A. And if you uh, prefer Twitter, make sure to use the hashtag VBrownBag. If you're watching this on YouTube, welcome and thank you. Uh, make sure you check out the rest of our uh, series on VCF and other recent VBrownBags on uh, VBrownBag on YouTube. Uh, if you you know can't get enough of your fix of VBrownBag once a week by joining us on Wednesdays at 7.30 Central, check out these other times we've got listed here on the right side for all of our shows worldwide. I am your host, Ken Nalbone, and joining me today are Kevin T-Bear and Heath Johnson from uh, VMware to cover VMware Cloud Foundation. Fellas, I'm going to stop sharing and hand it over to you now. All right. Just want to confirm you can see that? Sure can. Awesome. All right. So uh, just to get started, uh, I'm Kevin T-Bear. Um, I have a, a better... Uh, bio slide here. Uh, so I'm, you know, been at VMware now for about six years, uh, three years in what we call the HCI uh, business unit. <clears throat> uh, joining me is uh, Heath Johnson. Uh, I don't have his slide, but uh, Heath, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, yeah, so I'm uh, Heath Johnson. I'm not too far from Kevin. <clears throat> We're a few miles apart from each other and uh, part of the same business unit here at VMware. Uh, concentrating on VMware Cloud Foundation. Excellent. Thanks, Heath. <clears throat> All right, so uh, let's get started here. Uh, so the agenda that we're going to cover today is a bit of the architecture, uh, some of the networking, lifecycle management, and uh, vSphere with Kubernetes, uh, as well as multi-site and multi-instance, uh, and how that applies to uh, VCF. So diving in with architecture, uh, as we've seen uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we have a new build of materials uh, that uh, ships with VCF4. So namely, we're shipping you know, vSphere 7 and uh, NSXT3. Uh, those are the, the two main components here, along with uh, vSAN 7.0. Uh, on the right-hand side, we see the uh, supported software uh, that works with uh, STDC manager, uh, namely, you know, vRealize Suite 8.1 and uh, the Workspace ONE Access or the artist formerly known as VIDM. Moving on. Uh, so I think we covered this a couple weeks ago, but if not, we, this is a, a change in uh, the architecture, right? Uh, so now that we have a simplified architecture with uh, embedded PSCs, uh, the PSCs are embedded into the vCenter. Uh, that was always a, a, a point that customers brought up to us historically. Uh, with the change to embedded PSCs, uh, when a workload domain has been created, uh, what we're doing is actually uh, maintaining the ring topology, right? So as workload domain one gets added, uh, the PSC is added to the ring topology all the way out to workload domain four here. If any one of the workload domains were to need to be removed, uh, the ring topology would then again be updated uh, to show or to reflect 
that that workload domain has been removed and remove it from an authentication point. So STDC manager uh, authenticates against the SSO domain. Uh, so your administrator at, at vSphere.local account uh, authenticates you into STDC manager, uh, thereby giving you access to uh, any of the vCenters uh, once you're authenticated. And does it have to be that administrator at vSphere.local or can it be any account that has those types of privileges if you're tied into Active Directory, for example? Sure, yeah, we support uh, uh, any vSphere.local uh, or whatever you choose as your SSO domain. Uh, you can give those rights directly from within STDC Manager uh, or if you choose to join your vCenters to an Active Directory domain, uh, we can provide authentication all the way down to an AD user uh, for um, either administrator rights or just uh, operator rights inside of STDC Manager. Cool. So as uh, we build out, uh, and a couple of weeks ago, Heath did an overview of what a workload domain is, so I won't necessarily spend the time there. But uh, we're, we're going to take a look and see how this gets built out, right? So first, we start with our uh, management workload domain, which has its own NSX instance. Uh, then we have our management domain vCenter and a pair of uh, NSX edges. Uh, that is to enable uh, application virtual networks. We'll touch on that in a little bit, but uh, this is what the core components look like deployed. Uh, then as you build out your infrastructure, you end up with an additional NSX instance and an additional workload domain uh, vCenter. Of course, you can run your apps inside of this workload domain, uh, or you can you know, scale it out to be a, uh, with an additional cluster, uh, or you can deploy additional workload domains, so workload domain two and three here. Now, as I built that out, we can see one thing, uh, which is in the center column, uh, we have workload domain one vCenter uh, tied to a specific NSX instance. But then we also have workload domain uh, two and three uh, that are also sharing a, an additional NSX instance. So after your management domain is deployed, you have the option to either create a new NSX instance or join an existing NSX instance. Uh, anytime that you scale to an additional workload domain, uh, you will be required for one uh, NSX instance in addition to what is deployed for the management domain. And of course, all these uh, workload domains are purpose-built, right? Uh, we look at this as, as purpose-built infrastructure made for a particular type, uh, whether that be the when I was in, uh, at, at, from a customer perspective, looking at this as a, how do I separate my Linux or Windows licensing, or how do I separate my Oracle licensing uh, to uh, a specific place? Uh, that is one way that you could definitely do it. Otherwise, it could be purpose built for, you know, modern apps workload domain that we see up on the top, uh, enabling that for vSphere with Kubernetes, or maybe even. Uh, deploying a, a horizon workload domain that we see down here in blue. All right, so we've, we've got one question, <clears throat> kind of on the architecture a little bit. So he's asking, what sort of scale does this become useful for 
some sort of value, right? So I think the kind of question is, you know, can small BVM businesses use this? So maybe talk a little bit about the consolidated architecture. Yeah, so uh, a company that is like an SMB type company, they may only deploy a management workload domain. And uh, I actually hid the slides on consolidated architecture, but I uh, can definitely bring those back up. Uh, the management domain, uh, everyone starts with a management domain. Uh, that management domain can be scaled out to multiple clusters, right? Uh, there's actually no need to deploy additional workload domains. Uh, and, you know, to that question of are SMBs using it? Uh, absolutely. Uh, customers that want to get out of the infrastructure business and they just want, you know, one button to click, uh, you know, that is, that is uh, highly successful for us uh, with, uh, in the SMB space, um, especially for those customers that, hey, I want infrastructure, I want you to do the lifecycle management, I don't want to have to get into the weeds on some of these things. Uh, give me a design so that way I'm not uh, working with somebody to create a design for me. Uh, I'll go with your design because it's one less thing that I need to worry about. So good question. Uh, Heath, does that cover the the answers there? Yeah, I think so, so far. Okay, perfect. We will move on. So uh, I talked a little bit about the networking components here about how you can have uh, separate NSX instances or dedicated NSX instances. So as we you know build that out, it also becomes a question about how many NICs can we support? Uh, and the answer to that is, hey, we could support up to six physical NICs uh, in a VCF environment. Uh, this is all done through the VCF API. Uh, and we could see here that we have three VDSs. Um, if you know a little bit about uh, uh, NSXT, historically they had something called the NVDS. Uh, well, in vSphere 7, they have what's called the converged VDS. Uh, so we allow you to deploy up to three of the converged VDSs. I uh, have different uh, uplinks attached to those uh, with a single transport zone uh, through NSX. And this is just a uh, outlay of, you know, what the art of the possible is with, uh, with uh, VCF. So with that uh, deployment model, and this should look very familiar, uh, we have the ability to deploy NSX edges uh, automated uh, through SDDC manager, either on day zero uh, in the management domain, we see that pair of NSX edges. Uh, definitely um, a best practice to uh, have the NSX edges deployed during bring up. However, if you are unable to fulfill the requirement of BGP and need to use static for some reason for a, a routing protocol, we can definitely skip the NSX edge deployment during bring up and do that as a day X action uh, for the management domain or for any workload domain. So we can go ahead and deploy NSX edges uh, purpose built for uh, vSphere with Kubernetes uh, or deploy them on a, on a per cluster level uh, for uh, workload domain two and three here. Uh, this is all done through a gated type um, uh, form, so to speak. So in the instance of vSphere with Kubernetes, you need a large 
uh, NSX edge. Reason for that is because you need load balancing to happen behind there. So if you go ahead and select what is called a profile, uh, when you deploy a ed, uh, NSX edge, you have the option of picking a profile that is made for workload management or vSphere with Kubernetes. So that way you're getting and not having to toggle, uh, you know, what are the correct settings that I need to use? Uh, we're able to just say, hey, I wanna use this for workload management, go ahead and select that. It's automatically gonna give you a active-active uh, pair of NSX edges uh, deployed in a large format for the use case of vSphere with Kubernetes. So really uh, uh, some time savings there. So as we you know, continue on, uh, some of the new lifecycle management capabilities. Now, all of these aren't necessarily new. Uh, we'll get to one that is in a little bit here. So the you know common uh, ask from our customers is, I need a way to to manage my my infrastructure. Um, you know, one of those being is, how do I look at all the patches that are released and updates over time, um, where are the dependencies and where is my, you know, yellow brick road from that aspect of which way do I need to apply my updates to ensure that I'm always staying uh, in a consistent uh, patch state. Uh, and, and the answer to that really is STDC managers lifecycle management capabilities uh, masks the uh, dependencies uh, through uh, SDDC manager, we're downloading the updates uh, and applying the updates in the correct order so that you're always uh, compliant to the uh, HCL. Now, I see that there's a question that came in. Uh, since VCF is available on VMUG Advantage, is there a lab guide or something for uh, showing how to use that? The answer to that is yes, absolutely. Um, we have what is called uh, VLC or VMware Lab Constructor. Uh, Ken, I think you have a session coming up on that in a couple of weeks. And not just me, but Heath as well. So on May 20th, uh, we will be covering just VCF Lab Constructor. Perfect. That's a, absolutely a great way to get started. Uh, Heath and I both use it uh, on a daily basis um, to you know build our home labs out uh, to support nested VCF deployments and um, be able to, you know, we'll say kick the tires on some of this stuff uh, um, in a non-production environment. So a great use case there. Um, continuing on through lifecycle management, uh, we have the ability to uh, deploy updates on a per cluster basis. Um, and, uh, you know, with that, you know, the update is released by VMware. Uh, the update notification comes into your SDDC manager you're able to then you know, review those updates and choose whether or not you want to download them right now or you want to you know, maybe schedule that update for uh, today, tomorrow, or up to 364 days in the future. Uh, if you're buying uh, VCF, I would, I would uh, apply your updates a little bit sooner seeing as how uh, we make it easy for you. Uh, then with the uh, monitoring and reporting, uh, being able to go into the updates history, uh, take a look at all those updates that uh, have been applied uh, and be able to pull uh, dedicated log reports for each one of those updates, uh, you know, right from the, right from the UI. So, uh, so just a quick walkthrough of what uh, lifecycle 
uh, management looks like uh, in SDDC Manager. So as I mentioned, you get that notification. Uh, so in this case, an update has already been downloaded. Uh, under the updates and patches, uh, we see that there is a one update that's available. Uh, now I can choose to schedule that update or update now or run a pre-check. So uh, scrolling down a little bit more, I can see the current details of every piece of software that's deployed in this workload domain. I can see my specific patch version uh, on my vCenter, PSCs, LCM appliance portion of my SDDC manager, uh, my ESXi hosts in the bottom left there, uh, or my NSX components in the bottom right. Now I can take a look at the details of that patch that I'm about to deploy. And we can see that I'm gonna take my PSC or my vCenter in this case from build number 881 to build number 906. And of course there's some uh, appending digits to those, but I'm not having to go and look up and see if this is compatible or any of those things, right? I'm delivered a software update that I can just quickly act and, and deploy those. I can see that my resource changes uh, up here at the top are going to be PSC2, PSC1, and vCenter1 are all going to be impacted by this. They're all going to go from you know, version X to version Y. Uh, so once I've confirmed those details, I can come back and let's do a pre-check. So what a pre-check does is validate, is my vSAN healthy? Is my NSX instance healthy? Is vCenter healthy? Uh, basically exposing any issues that may be, uh, that may inhibit you from actually running that update in your environment. <clears throat> Which is great because uh, when I was a customer, many times you would be halfway through deploying updates and you would hit something that could have been caught ahead of time. Uh, you know, I foolishly admit that I have updated my vCenter before my PSC um, on countless times when I've done this in the home lab and nothing makes you get on the edge of your seat more than when you log into vCenter again and your inventory is gone until you update your PSC. So uh, just a little, uh, you know, personal, <laughs> personal story there of, uh, you know, ways that I have found uh, it incredibly helpful. Uh, so as I look at that pre-check, right, I, I see that now I can schedule that update uh, or hit update now. If I hit update now, it's gonna automatically schedule it for two minutes in the future. If I schedule the update, I, like I said, I can schedule that anywhere from uh, immediately or up to 364 days in the future. Uh, I clicked update now. I said, let's just go ahead and, and update that now. Uh, and then in the bottom here, I can see that my PSC1 uh, is in progress of that update. Uh, if I had another administrator that happened to log into STDC Manager to create infrastructure, uh, manage something, decommission something, uh, they could see that uh, I have an update that's uh, running, uh, which will actually lock the system so that way there's no uh, catastrophic failures in the middle of uh, running these updates. Uh, Clicking back in, seeing the update in progress here, I can see that uh, my PSC1 has updated successfully, PSC2 is updating successfully. And I can see that, you know, up at the top here that two or three 
of the resources uh, have been updated. Once the update is complete, I get a, you know, update uh, has been uh, successful uh, marker uh, here in this, on the screen, showing that the update has been successful on all three of those resources, uh, allowing me to proceed on with, you know, potentially an ESXi update that would come next. So speaking of ESXi and uh, what's new with vSphere 7, uh, they've come up with something called VLCM. Take a look at this as basically a, a VUM 2.0 or VUM on steroids or vSphere Update Manager on steroids. So what uh, VLCM does is it uh, allows you to uh, do BIOS firmware patching uh, from Dell HP right now uh, and be able to you know, look at is there drivers or firmware that I should be running if I'm running vSAN. <clears throat> so what I'm able to do with that is I'm able to create an, an image that's applied a, at a cluster level. Uh, that image contains my BIOS, firmware, VIBs, et cetera, things that uh, is no fun to uh, maintain, but it has to be done in a, in a separate cycle right now. Uh, and I'm going to build an image and apply that across a cluster. When it comes time for a patch to happen, uh, we can see in the bottom left here that this is all managed by SDDC Manager. You take that image, import it to SDDC Manager, and then apply it uh, at the time that you're creating your workload domains. I can see that, hey, there's a potential issue here. I need to remediate that drift. Uh, there may be a new firmware version available. There may be a new ESXi version available. Uh, it goes in, remediates a drift, uh, and brings it back to a healthy state. So with that, moving on to uh, vSphere with Kubernetes. So we look at VCF as really the fastest way to deliver developer-ready infrastructure. Uh, with SDDC Manager, you're able to you know, create all your infrastructure, uh, your workload domains, deploy NSX in a appropriate way, uh, deploy your NSX edge clusters, uh, enable vSphere with Kubernetes, uh, and then at the end of the day, lifecycle the, the software stack. Lifecycle management is hard. It's even harder when, <laughs> when your developers are running that infrastructure. Uh, so being able to lifecycle that environment, uh, the vSphere admin doesn't need any specialized knowledge of uh, containers or vSphere with Kubernetes. Uh, they basically just see the pods being created uh, right alongside the VMs being created. Uh, and they're able to manage everything from a vSphere perspective. Uh, this is you know, the fastest way to get up and running with vSphere with Kubernetes. And uh, Ken, I highly recommend uh, you know, having, a, having a dedicated episode just on uh, enabling vSphere with Kubernetes with, with VCF. So. Oh, we absolutely need one. You wouldn't happen to know anybody that could help us out with that, would you? I know a couple people. <laughs> well, good, then we can talk offline. <laughs> Graham says yes, please. By the way, excellent. Well, we will uh, we will get you hooked up with that with them. Yeah, well, volunteered somebody else to come online and do that. It, it's the circle of life. It is. <laughs> All right, moving on here. So, multi-site architectures get a little bit interesting uh, in VCF. Uh, so, we have basically three different deployment models today. Uh, one is 
BCF in a single site deployment, which of course is what any single data center would be able to do. And then there's a BCF with, with stretch cluster deployment, uh, obviously stretched vSAN workload domains between two sites. Uh, and then a third site would need to be available for uh, the witness VM. Then the third model is multi-instance management. And uh, I'll cover multi-instance management in a little bit here. But uh, what multi-instance management allows you to do is uh, take deployment model number one here with a single site deployment. Uh, maybe you have something that exceeds the thresholds of uh, what would be considered uh, applicable for a stretch deployment. I think that's like five milliseconds of latency and you know 10 gigs bandwidth. So if you're unable to fulfill those requirements, you're able to deploy another instance of VCF at a secondary or tertiary site. Uh, and then through STDC Manager, you can uh, perform what's called federation uh, and allow uh, from any single VCF instance, the ability to see you know, read-only view of all of your infrastructure. Uh, that is VCF infrastructure. And we'll see that in just a little bit here. So first, let's talk about stretch cluster deployments, right? So we start with site A. And uh, of course, with site A, we have our management domain. We have a VI workload domains, a couple of them here. Uh, but we want to add some level of resiliency to our environment outside of a single availability zone and add a second availability zone. Uh, so what we do is we purchase some hardware, we get it racked and stacked at the secondary site. Uh, first, uh, we need to make sure that that witness is deployed. So we see that in the, the top middle there. <clears throat> and then we go ahead and we stretch our management domain. So by stretching our management domain, now our NSX managers that are deployed there for all of our workload domains uh, have a high level of resiliency between those sites. Uh, our vCenter servers that are deployed there also have a high level of resiliency. So that way if site A were to be lost, at least uh, all of our vCenters and NSX managers, et cetera, would move over to uh, site B and still be able to function with it without an issue. So once our management domain has been stretched, we can go ahead and stretch additional workload domains. If we decide that uh, what I'll call workload domain three or the one in the middle on the left, we decided that that one we didn't want any uh, resiliency for. Uh, maybe that was a VDI pool. And in the case, they're gonna just deploy another VDI workload domain uh, in availability zone two, uh, just so that way they could fail over in other ways. Uh, or maybe they want to deploy vSphere with Kubernetes enabled workload domain uh, just in availability zone two. Uh, this is all a capability when you have that stretched cluster uh, availability between those sites. Now, when you don't have uh, the availability of stretched cluster um, between sites, uh, this is the multi-instance management capability, right? So being able to take your VCF federation members, I, there's two roles, there's controllers and then there's members. Uh, you can have up to three controllers uh, that maintain um, access or read write 
access to uh, what's called a Kafka database. Uh, those share that role. Uh, however, your members I can be joined to the VCF Federation. And as we dig in a little bit more here, we can see that uh, this is a screenshot of Federation uh, from a VCF perspective. Uh, we can see our dots on the map uh, where my VCF instances have been deployed. Uh, and in addition to that, I can see that and the latency and bandwidth requirements are almost nothing. Uh, I'm able to uh, operate in a federated model like this with uh, less than a mega bandwidth and less than um, or greater than you know two seconds of latency between my sites. So when stretch cluster isn't an option, this is definitely an option uh, to be able to bring uh, you know buzzword bingo single pane of glass uh, visibility across all of your sites and locations, uh, even when it exceeds uh, SSO domain limitations of 150 milliseconds. So as we build that out, uh, we take our first site, uh, our New York site that is uh, the controller, and then we could add Chicago and San Francisco as federation members, uh, or we can build out, uh, I think it's up to 10 sites uh, for uh, members and controllers to be joined to. So that is, uh, that is what I had for tonight in terms of, uh, overview what's new you know um, and um, what's new with with VCF4 uh, Ken did you have uh, some questions or there are no outstanding questions right now I'll just say you know you told your story about updating your um, vCenter before your PSCs I personally can't relate to that I've never ever updated anything out of cycle or uh, you know anything like that I certainly have never failed to plan in my entire career and I think I can speak for everybody in the audience and say they never have done that either uh, just kidding of course <laughs> that never happens right, right yeah uh, I'm gonna pause for a moment see if there are any other questions from the audience um, but if not we'll give you back a little bit of your your evening and I'll say thank you to Kevin for presenting and Heath for feeling some of the questions during our presentation tonight. All right, I'm not seeing any others. So I'm gonna say good night and thanks everybody. Join us next week. We are going to be talking about what's new with VRNI with Matt Just. Good night everybody. <laughs>